Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of Block Tales. My name is Katharina, I'm the founder of Luna Vision and today I have with me Maximilian Bruckner. Max, you are uh, the active head of sales and marketing at 2026 Capital, but maybe you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, sorry, so strong start already with <laughs> minor Wi-Fi issues, but we'll get over it. Um, hi, I'm Max, I work at 2026 Capital. Um, we're a crypto investment advisor from Switzerland, but I live in Germany. Um, I live in Frankfurt, it's where I studied and it's where I enjoy spending my time. How so? First question, because I once entered Frankfurt from the wrong side, ending up in the train station part and that was horrible. Yeah, I know, we discussed this many times. I still think that's your fault. But um, <laughs> no, I don't know, Frankfurt, it, it takes a little getting used to, but once you start to know your way around, it's very interesting, especially in the summer, it gets very nice. I think it has an underrated um blockchain and crypto community um so there are pretty much meetups here happening regularly that that you can go to um of course it's a little bit finance focused so you're very much like on this intersection of the traditional financial world and crypto assets and um DeFi and seeing how that might all pan out in the future so that's an exciting space to be in we have of course the frankfurt school where i studied and the frankfurt school blockchain center there which in itself brings quite a strong network with it um and then just quality of life i like having a a walkable city let's say and so frankfurt from the size you can kind of you can get everywhere you need to be pretty quickly walking or on bike you almost never spend like 30 minutes in the subway um just to get to where you're trying to go uh so that's pretty much what what i like about that's it nice. <laughs> I, I think uh, the last part about biking and going by foot, that's something your grandparents probably understood. But in the first part of your explanation, why you like Frankfurt, there were quite some uh, words that your grandparents probably didn't understand, like uh, refi, defi, and, and so on, crypto, that's blockchain, true. whatever. Uh, so our first question um, usually is, uh, how would you explain your everyday Web3 life to your grandma? I think my everyday life is a little easier to explain because it's a job. So I can just tell her, look, I'm, I'm working. I'm working from home. I, I write a lot of emails. I, I have a lot of calls and sales conversations. Um, if I try to explain why this is what I'm doing, I think that's when it becomes a little bit more difficult. I think I, I might take the easy way out and just tell them that I'm working on or in the next generation of the internet um, and we're trying to work. The vision of, of the area I'm working in is trying to um, make an open banking system that's free from institutions or freer from institutions. Um, that's probably the way I would go. I mean, my grandma is quite advanced. She uses WhatsApp and <laughs> sends me emojis and everything. But uh, <laughs> I think trying to explain the, the tech or, or Bitcoin itself behind it is probably still a bit far-fetched. Did you ever actually try no, but they also haven't actually asked. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so maybe you could tell your grandparents, hey, I was in a podcast and maybe you want to watch me. And uh, they get the hint and next time you see them... You're they don't speak English, off. so I, I'd have to do it in, in German anyways, which is maybe <laughs> okay. more difficult <laughs> given how many English words we use. Do you think it's a bigger challenge to actually explain this to the generation of our grandparents than to do the actual work 
<laughs> well, if you're put on the spot like this, uh, yes. I think I also think that there's a the most difficult people to explain it to, unfortunately, or I mean, it's not really their fault, are people that have had no experience in um, finance. So if you, I mean, look, like my parents, okay, my grandpa's a butcher. So my grandparents are not the ideal target group to explain this to, but I could, ima could imagine someone else's grandparents were already in the banking industry or something like that, or their parents. And then when there's like a, a core understanding um, of finance and the financial system, then it's easier to explain why something like DeFi, decentralized finance could be interesting. But, you know, explaining to a 22-year-old who's studying medicine why blockchain is exciting is just as difficult as explaining it to my parents, I would say. <laughs> We should make a case study out of yeah. this. <laughs> Going on the street and just letting you explain crypto and, and Web3 to random people. Afterwards, asking them what they are doing for a job. <laughs> probably be a humbling experience. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I think... I guess it would be very interesting to, to hear what people think about it, actually. But coming back to, to your initial thoughts uh, about Frankfurt. So you said there are many meetups and we here in Berlin, we also have a lot of meetups. But from my perspective, when I visit Frankfurt, I don't know, the, the Web3 ecosystem, the people, they seem to have a little bit of a different mindset, um, especially because of this financial background. Yeah. Do you have the same feeling? Did you ever experience this? Have you ever been at a Web3 meetup in, in Berlin? Yeah. Outside so, uh, yes. <laughs> outside Frankfurt, yes. Also Berlin, yes. And I, I agree with you. Um, it's much more financial, I guess, in Frankfurt. So because it's a lot of people mm -hmm. that come from studying, you know, finance or something like that, or that have worked in banks in the past or in kind of asset managers, etc., that are making the pivot themselves. So naturally they have that kind of background. Um, so it's very capitalistic in that sense, I guess, with the people you talk to, whereas, you know, Berlin, maybe it's a stereotype, but there are generally different views on uh, different political views there also. So I think that also changes the discussion you have because I think everybody tries to impose in some sense their political views or ideology onto the way they view blockchain um, as a tool to solve the world's problems let's say. So then if you're talking to somebody that's more socialist, they will have a different view. If you're talking to somebody that's more uh, capitalist, more libertarian, etc., you will have like, I think, very different conversations about the same technology, which is pretty interesting in itself. But yeah. That, that's true. That's super interesting. That's a very interesting thought to, to say that um, you will always have some kind of influence of your political view on your view of, on, of blockchain. But I, I would disagree on that point that in Berlin, there's not only uh, that kind of person you described, but also like... But also in Frankfurt, like, there's not only... People here who are into crypto, Web3, Bitcoin, blockchain. Um, but what I actually realized when I, when I went to Frankfurt, from my point of view, and, and the difference between Frankfurt and Berlin for me is also visible. It's not only when you talk to people, but it's actually visible because... In, Berlin, it's just so normal. No matter what kind of meetup you, you visit, people wear hoodies. People wear, I don't know, some people actually look like they just got out of bed, no matter what time of the day it is. And I have the feeling in Frankfurt this never happens. That's probably true. I think it depends a little bit on the meetup, but yeah, I mean, we're, of course, we are all both talking in 
stereotypes right now, but I think yeah, there's some truth at the bottom of it. Um, yeah. So again, banking background, people that have had a career or internships or, or started their career in banking, let's say versus tech, typically they will be wearing their uniform. They will be more comfortable also in their uniform. And I mean, I, I prefer to look at somebody in a suit than somebody that looks like they just got out of bed. <laughs> And you put it this way. <laughs> okay, then we have the reason why you're living in Frankfurt and not in Berlin. No, no but actually, I would I would like to attend a meetup maybe in Munich or something, like a, another big crypto hub in, in Germany, just to have a comparison if there's a third, third kind way. of person. Yes. Like normal people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, can we actually find really normal people in Web3 or are we all kind of special and different just because we think of just because we think Web3 we're as a good thing and as we want to foster it? No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think we are, I think there are pretty normal people in Web3 still. I mean, not everybody is on the extremes, so to say, right? We're, I think, like, I don't know, I don't know how well I know you, but I would describe you as a f pretty normal person, right? Uh, that oh, is doing nice three. <laughs> Most don't people don't. <laughs> Maybe I don't know you well enough to <laughs> make this assumption, but that's at least no, what it seems right. like to me. I mean, it's also depending on what is your perception of normal. If you are surrounded by people in Web3 and we both are, and I, I mean, we live in our bubble, right? Then that becomes your normal. But uh, how do you say it? From an average person's point of view who has never had any touch points with Web3, I think none of us are really normal, actually. I mean, you think so much about investing and you, you, you like you as a person have so much research done in, in terms of technology and use cases and how to use the blockchain technology to invest. That's not what the average normal person does. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. I mean, I do try to, and I, I think this is, uh, a problem I sometimes find with our Web3 community that I try to tell people to try to get out of is I do try to break my my bubble in some sense. So I'm lucky enough that my older brother also lives in Frankfurt, so he's not in crypto at all. He's in traditional finance, let's say. So that's always a good good uh, conversation to have. My two best friends are, uh, which I know from university, they're in uh, like data, so they're they're they have like big data ecosystems. Um, that's the company that's that also not at. a normal average person yeah but they're yeah but they're doing sales so they're not really the techie guy there and um i don't know i try to break my bubble at least a little bit because it, it just helps give you a little bit of a perspective and also remind you that you know most people really don't know um what this is all about because it is still a niche and then like you dig even deeper and you go down the rabbit hole and so it's it's a good test as well to see because otherwise you I don't know. Sometimes you think, oh, my God, look, <laughs> look at all this adoption. Everybody I talk to knows about this stuff. And then it's like, well, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> You're only talking to people that are working in the space. So, of course, they're going to know about it. Yeah, yeah th there's some truth in that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but what, what but about yourself? I mean, in Berlin, is it maybe it's harder to break the bubble in Berlin? <laughs> Yeah, actually, I know the bubble very well, I think. So there's several, I, I think, several bubbles in Berlin, not one. So there's uh, more the, the DeFi bubble, then you have more the Bitcoin-only bubble, and then you have 
the people who are interested in everything and NFTs and uh, I don't know, just every use case and explorative space by now. So you can also in the bubble, you can talk to many different point of views and that's pretty interesting. You have meetups where you can, for example, uh, if you go to the Bitcoin meetup at Friedel Richter in, in Berlin, you can pay in the Satoshi. Um, you have mostly only Bitcoin only people there. So only a Bitcoiner community, uh, which is very interesting because in my perspective, this community just is again different from the other Web3 communities. Like they speak again another language. Mm -hmm. They again have a slightly different view on the world um, than, than other Web3 communities. But then of course we also have like female blockchain uh, communities here in Berlin, several actually, which is amazing because I think DLT Talent started it a couple of years ago and now there's already more than only one but several groups in berlin which is really cool um but at the same time yes i also have some contacts outside of the bubble uh, for example my family which uh, <laughs> are challenging me every once and then uh to explain them why i'm doing this and and what we're doing and why this should be a good thing and not a bad thing and uh, i think the, the I sometimes I think about what my mom says when people ask her what what I'm doing. Like, hey, how's your son? What is he getting up to? And then you know how parents like to brag, but I don't know what what she would tell them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I could come up. probably she'd say something like, oh, he's into sales and marketing, uh, and maybe. he's with, with, with some kind of investment company that I don't understand, but uh, he's doing a good job there, and he's got a lot of responsibility for the sales. Maybe. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> so, but how did you get there? And what did your mom actually want you to do with your, uh, with your educational path? My mom still has the vision of me becoming a professor, which I've had to tell her multiple times. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but for somehow if she has this, yeah, I, I don't want to call it a dream because, <laughs> but it's some sort of a vision that, that I'm going to be a professor someday. I don't quite see it yet. Um, Oh, I, I guess the first way time I got into it was by chance. Like, I feel like for a lot of people, the first time you get in contact with it, it's not because you're actively searching for it, but it's because yeah. you come across it, across it in some way. Like the very first time I heard of it was, um, funnily enough, because of my little brother. So he was mining Bitcoin on his gaming laptop when he was like 10 or 11. I don't know. Obviously, That's long ago. Um, yeah, he's pretty young still, but obviously like, Laptop's gone. <laughs> it didn't have, but, he didn't have much, anyways. But so that 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 stuff's lost. Um, but that but was I my mean, first contact. It's long point. ago that you could actually mine Bitcoin on your gaming PC, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, he was I, 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 he was doing it, I think, through some pools. So he went on some websites, and you know. So, but that was the first time I ever got in touch with him. And at the time, I was like, kind of weird. Like, what are you doing? Your laptop's running all night. Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Um, and then I, uh, I had the pleasure of, you know, having lived in a number of different countries and continents as well. So this kind of cross-border transaction was always a thing. Um, so there was a problem I saw. And then when I came to Frankfurt to study here at, at Frankfurt School, then you kind of get smacked in the face with the blockchain center. Like you kind of have to look at it. There's no way around it. And then uh, I had some friends that were working there and then it just clicked. And I said, okay, look, this this is like probably a solution to some problem. I started thinking deeper into it. I 
just found out that I found it way more interesting than any was anything I was studying, actually. So you know that may be good, maybe bad, but <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how I ended up in the space. And then um, how I got to my position, I was working as a working student at uh, ITSA, which is a Berlin-based association. Um, and then the one of the board members there is also a board member at the company I'm at now. I had communicated at the time that I wanted to leave because I wanted to get out of a not ITSA is not for profit. So I was like, I want to get into the real world. So there's the Frankfurt capitalist speaking. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I had applied to some other companies and then uh, Philip, so the guy that was on the board there and, and my actual current company just said, look, before you uh, accept any offers, like I want you to check out 2026 capital as well and go talk to the CEO. And maybe this is actually something that's interesting for you. And then here I am. That How was the Frankfurt capitalist world feel so far. Pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think there might head. be some people out there who won't like this. Well, I mean, of course. Even you saying this, but whatever. <laughs> of course. But I mean, at the end of the day, here's the way I think about it is it's not like I'm working against the vision we have of, of blockchain, of DeFi, et cetera, right? I mean, yes, we're some form of an investment advisor, but, you know, we also have some data products. We're trying to create transparency. I This is my mom's dream of me being a professor. I get to hold a lot of educational lectures as well. So educating wealth managers, um, all those kind of things. We have also Digital Assets Academy, right? So I also hold talks there. So I think I'm, I think I'm giving back a decent amount as well. Um, so I'm, uh, my nice. conscience is clean. <laughs> Let's put it this way. <laughs> That's a nice way of seeing this. Yes. So I've, you, you now mentioned your 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 speakers' positions and also the Digital Asset Academy, and um, I mean we've talked quite regularly. So I realized that you've been talking about the metaverse quite often in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Why do you believe in the metaverse? Uh, that's a good question. It came to us quite, uh, quite suddenly, to be honest. Um, and I've, I would say that I've changed my mind on this recently. Um, I used to be a little more skeptical um, than I am now. The reason I believe it now, so I think Maybe the easiest way to explain it is this, like we're, I mean, we're not using Zoom right now. This is Riverside, but um, let's say we're in a Zoom call as you and I are once a week. Um, that's pretty nice. We used to not do that before Corona, right? Um, so that's a pretty cool thing. Web conferencing. I mean, yes, there was Skype. Um, and then in the evening we watch Netflix. Um, so, or, or we play a game, right? On our laptop or, or on our Xbox or whatever. And then, um, you know, we go to Amazon to click um, through things that we might want to buy or do online shopping. Um, and all of these things are like relatively recent and they all came with, with the internet. So with web, web two, let's say, um, pretty quickly once they really got going. Um, so the way I see it is, do we like really think that in five years we're still sitting in a zoom call or do you really think in five years, like, yes, maybe you're still gaming, but won't those games look different or let's say 10 years, five to 10 years. Won't your online shopping experience be different? Are you still scrolling and clicking or are we getting something more immersive? And I think that's where the metaverse comes into play and where it will actually impact our lives. So we have technological uh, advancements in VR, which leads to hopefully easier and more adoption at scale. And then what will happen is that communication, I think entertainment um, 
these kind of retail experiences, so online shopping uh, and education. Again, universities, Zoom or like Coursera. I think these things will be changed dramatically. And I think it would be kind of foolish to think that like, I don't know, Zoom is the final evolution of human communication, you know? So where do we go? Yeah. There has to be a way forward. And I, this just seems like a, like a plausible one to me. <laughs> okay, but then, then let me challenge this a bit because have you ever tried to enter one of the well-known metaverses, for example, Decentraland with a, let's say laptop, that is not the newest? Yes. Because that's basically impossible. Yes, and I know where you're getting at. Yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> But yeah, if the world builds itself around you while you get a coffee, and after like five minutes you see something, but if you compare but it you to tried this with you right. tried this with Berlin internet, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but the, independent of the co of the internet connection, my old computer, my old laptop was like burning hot, <laughs> and like no, I, I I completely get your point, and it is a valid challenge to bring, which is why I think. Uh, we're, we're not really at the stage we want to be at yet. So that's why I said, I think with technological improvements, that's when adoption will come. And to be honest, those will take some years still, like five years, 10 years. Um, not sure of the exact time horizon here. But what I do know is that there are, I, I think there are over 200 decentralized companies working on it. On top of that, we have all these centralized entities um, like corporations that are working on the metaverse, whether it's a world or a VR headset or um, a gateway or interoperability. So there's a lot of effort going into it. There's a decent amount of money. And um, at this stage, I think we're at a point where it's going to happen. I mean, think about Facebook, what you, what you will, but changing your company's name based on your conviction that the metaverse is going to be something and like going like all in and I don't know if they'll be successful or not. Um, that usually means that you're pretty convinced, <laughs> convinced of something. Um, and so I think, I think that was a big trigger as well for the ecosystem and more short term. What I, what I have seen and in my opinion is true is that there's an overhype because it's so easy to uh, show in media. I mean, you're in marketing as well. It's kind of hard to get a good picture of a Bitcoin, um, but like <laughs> a screenshot of, of the metaverse or NFTs is pretty cool and is pretty easy to to kind of get to get to go viral, so to say. So I think that's why there was such a sudden push, um, as always in the cycle, because it's like finally something about this Web3 world that we can look at and, and share. And that's actually useful for for visual media um and then yeah like kind of went on on a tangent there but that's kind of my my view on it yeah i i can't actually i i can't imagine that we are actually in the future sitting there with vr glasses like maybe if it's like normal glasses but not as long as it's these big thingies around your head for the whole day yeah maybe like, it'll change yes, maybe maybe for half an hour or something, but I couldn't imagine sitting there just for the immersive AR and uh, metaverse experience to sit there like that, like for eight, eight maybe, hours. Maybe they will change. Maybe something like the Google Glass will come back, right? Um, I think there's different solutions. To me, I, I used to think the same way. And then, who? Oh, I think 
this is like three or four years ago now, I was um, visiting Cape Town with a friend and we were in a shopping mall and <laughs> there was an escape room, but it was completely VR. So it was just an open box in the middle of the mall and everybody walking around could see you. But you, And we were like, come on, let's, let's do it. It's going to be fun. And, you know, two minutes into it, we're like screaming at each other. We've completely forgotten that we're in the middle of a mall. There's like <laughs> people actually around us. And, uh, you know, it was like super, super immersive. And then, you know, 45 minutes, an hour goes by. I'm not sure how long the actual thing was. And you take it off and you're like, oh, <laughs> thank God we were. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, you, you kind of forget where you were. And that to me. And so this was like three or four years ago. And already it, it wasn't like extremely uncomfortable to be wearing the headset for for an hour straight so i don't know that was just like an experience for me where i also thought okay i, I thought it would be worse let's say would you also try like the next step have you seen this uh i think this one movie where they are basically all living in the metaverse but also have these kind of things where they put their bodies in so they actually walk so like um ready player one yeah oh like if i could get my hands on something like that i think i'd try it but (laughs) i'm not sure how much of this tech exists yet i think i saw something somewhere but i think it'd be cool to try out for sure um i'm not sure if we're gonna go all the way there um but because it's already like it's already so immersive just if your visual sense and your hearing is is covered um so i don't know but i'm sure if you do we'll see it on social media because this is quite a nice picture right <laughs> it's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's okay true. so yeah uh, maybe that was my block tail <laughs> the shopping mall <laughs> no, no 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 that's coming later that's later <laughs> But I mean, um, we can we can start with the with the next question that's new to the end. Um, what's something you would like to learn but didn't yet, and why? <laughs> oh, in in our space or generally? In general, I think it'd be like in general. I think it'd be really cool to know how to fly a plane. <laughs> It's kind of like random, but I, I don't know. I think that's would be a, a very cool thing to learn, but it's also very expensive to learn. And so uh, very time consuming. So I have not been able I to do it. Some people say that if you try the simulator, like for long enough and you learn everything on a simulator, then you can fly basically in real life or you could. You're not allowed to. Yeah, you could. I don't know uh, if I would trust that, but maybe. But I don't know. That's just something I think would be cool in our space. Probably coding more and better. But um, I'm not sure. Maybe I've been too lazy. Yeah, what would take more time, coding or flying? <laughs> At probably coding because you don't stop learning. I think like once you know how to fly, you know how to fly. If that makes sense, like. If you know how to play, it's like, I mean, it's like driving a car oversimplified, but once you know, then you know, kind of, but I feel like at least everybody I know that, that, that knows how to code in like any language, they usually say that it's kind of like, you never know everything. It's just like an ongoing process. True. I think we, it's the same with blockchain. We will never know everything that's going on in our space. It's basically impossible because it's 
evolving so fast. Yeah. How should we? Think? Yeah. Um, That's true. But, but do you think that, like, is it, I'm not sure if it's actually a skill that is worth learning now, like coding with the recent developments with AI. <laughs> That's the only point. thing you need to know how to code is like, either you need to know how to prompt or you need to be able to, to code or to, to write code for an AI, like writing the AI that is then writing your code. But hmm. I think or, none of us can learn this in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, or how to properly set up an API, right? That calls OpenAI or something like that, like calls GPT-4. Um, so you can then create a web app or something like that. But even that requires some level of, well, so here's the thing. Do you think you could use ChatGPT to build, probably you could, to build a web app for something that, that makes API calls to JetGPT. As a matter of fact, I did. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> there's the truth. Uh, so yeah, we, 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 like with Lunar Vision, we, uh, we built a small um, mobile app using this technology for uh, content creation what? and solving the black, blank page problem um, when, you, when it comes to, to creating posts and uh, graphics for posts, yes. That's pretty sick. But so just just to get back, the point isn't if it's useful. I don't know how useful it would be for me to know how to fly a plane, but it's just something I'd like to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, yeah, fair, good point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, you can check it out, the app, if you want to. Yeah, you can send me the link later. I'd love to see it. Sure. It's called Be Posted. I'll, I'll send you a link. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. All right. I think we can wrap it up then um, with the last question that you oh, no. tried to overcome, but not that fast. I mean, it's the hardest so, question. Ah, come on. 30 seconds. Uh, would you like to tell us your blog tale? Once upon a time. Once upon a time. I mean, I can, I can tell you an anecdote. It's not going to be very helpful to a lot of people, but maybe it'll be funny. Um, so... Yesterday, so very recently, yesterday, um, I went, uh, I was working um, from, I was trying out like a co-working space um, and I found out that there was a mixer at the bottom, like startup singles, startup dating. So you'd go there and then, you know, you get your name tag and you get like blue is like a, a startup in active fundraising. So like a single and then there's the color for the investor and then there's the color for startups that aren't actively fundraising but maybe you're willing to become mentors or mentors or something do something like that. Um, so I went down there and I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm here. Uh, it was free. So I might as well just check it out. So <laughs> I went there. I um, finished the call I was on was like, look, I need to get to this fundraiser. Right. Um, went down there, put my name in actively fundraising startup and I walk in and then I'm the only man there. <laughs> What? And I noticed, like, wait a sec. So first of all, very unusual for the space. Second of all, feels out of place. And I, I start walking around and then, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So it's it's only women, both startups and investor tags. And I've started thinking, okay, maybe this is the wrong place for me to be in. And I talked to the organizer and she still, she didn't tell me that I shouldn't be there, but but she started saying like, look, if you want to do speed dating with investorinnen, so female investors, um, our Gründerinnen, so female founders, can set up speed dating, etc. And then I realized that I, you know, I'd stumbled into a, a female investors for female founders event, 
but being <laughs> without any idea about it, just kind of walking around like an idiot talking to people. So <laughs> maybe the moral of the story is that um, we are there is something being done for the for the gender inequality in the space when it comes to diversity. Just didn't help me in that moment. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, I can imagine it was a quite funny situation for everyone watching you being... I left then. <laughs> I left, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if ever anyone out there meets Max in a co-working space and he looks like lost... With a name tag and everyone else around it. I went to another female founder event. At the female, female first event. And then he okay. will come back for the mixed gender events again. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to attend. I mean, happy to attend the other ones as well. Not very useful for us as a startup, but uh, for everybody. I think it's a, I mean, it's a really great initiative. I also think it was cool that it happened there. Um, and that the lob, like, it was pretty busy. So that was, of course, good to see. Um, and it's something we need, we're trying to do something about as well for our, our company. So we don't have a very good diversity score and we're trying to improve it. I, I think something that we tend to forget is um, just because we have less women in the space than men, it doesn't mean there are no women. And it doesn't mean there are just one or two. We are here. Hi, we're here. Yeah. Uh, we just don't stand out that much. We may be a little bit more shy but we're here and we're building and I think it's good to every once in a while remember this. Yeah. I mean, that was my wake up call. I mean, it wasn't only a crypto space, but still like even the startup space we all know has, has the same problem. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing last words. I, I would say uh, <laughs> that you got a wake up call yesterday. Um, yeah. I hope to see everyone soon again in the next episode. And thank you very much for being with us, Max. Thank you for inviting me, Katarina. Thank you.